I'm Commander Shepard, and VGS is my favorite radio show on the Citadel. Here's Video Game Sophistry, your one-stop shop for video games, news, reviews, and time-wasting fun. Turkey time, everyone. VGS, the video game show. We talk about video games, media, turkey, gravy, cranberry sauce. I'm joined. It's not our Thanksgiving. I'm joined by my wonderful team. We were arguing uh, before we recorded about some really, really heavy stuff. Nothing to do with video games, but maybe we'll talk about it now. Anton <laughs> Mack is here, of course. Zach, Professor Fanny is here to talk about things educational. Nope. And Liam Brand, who was just telling us how uh, AIDS isn't real, I think is what he wow. was saying. No? Something like that. <laughs> Calling him out. I couldn't exactly oh, remember. Man. And Richard, who I was screaming at moments ago. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's VGS. <laughs> Round of applause. Come on, let's get this going. Away from the mics, folks. Uh, we got a big show. Uh, very excited. A huge game is coming out in the next few days. So we're going to take some time and really analyze that. It is, of course, the gaming holiday season right now. Black Friday just passed. We have Cyber Monday coming up. And some people are going to throw away some cash for those games that they missed out on. We have a bone to pick with this whole uh, system. So we're going to yell about that. And, of course, a little bit later in the program... Our two Pokey Freaks have spent a lot of time wandering around trying to pick up Pokemon. Uh, Anton Mack, uh, Richard, the intern Jellison. Uh, you guys are going to review it. Yep. That sounds good. You knew this before, right? This is not. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, first of all, how is uh, everybody doing? What have you been playing? Pokemon Sun and Moon. I finished Dishonored 2 for the YouTube channel. Yes, make sure you check it out if you haven't yet. Um, YouTube.com slash like Sophistry. I liked it a lot, actually. Interesting. Did you like the that. first one? Yeah, I love the first one. Okay. We, we can talk about this later. <laughs> so just judgments. There, Liam, what about you? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and oh. COD 4 Remastered. Oh, because yeah. you're not you're not a multiplayer guy, right? But you just like it for the uh, the single player, and you said it's pretty solid. Usually, uh, I've been more into this multiplayer than I have been a COD wow. multiplayer Make before. me look like a fool, okay. But, uh, no, 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 but usually I'm not a big, yeah, especially COD multiplayer fan, but I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm yeah. digging this quite a bit, and the story's great, not going to yeah. lie. Uh, there's really? Been, there's been some... Uh, you know, little arguments across the internet over uh, which campaign's better, COD or um, Titanfall 2. And Titanfall what? 2 is yeah. a really, really... No, it's actually... Uh, that, the, really? the Call of Duty one is written by Brian Bloom, who's one of the characters in the game. Which uh, one? I do don't you know? know. Okay. Brian Bloom, do you remember? <laughs> he's the <laughs> He's the voice of... I swear to God. He's the voice of Varric Tethris in uh, the Dragon Age series, if anyone's mm. familiar. And if you recall the classic Liam Neeson film, A-Team, he is the main villain in the A-Team movie. Really? If you recall. Search your memory. Is District bags. 9 guy? Oh, no, he's part, no he's part of the A-Team. All right. He's the other guy. No, Brian Bloom, he's been on the show before. He's solid. So apparently he wrote the game and uh, he is pretty good. So, you know, not bad. Fanny, are you playing anything? Uh, I just finished uh, the new Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah, because you missed it the first time I around. did miss it the first time. It's well, great. It Rise of the Tomb Raider? Or? Yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Ooh, so no. it's a good companion to um, Uncharted, because Uncharted is such a great narrative, mm. but it's not really open world. It's very linear. Uh, Tomb Raider is very open world, a lot of cool exploration, but the story, you know. Yeah. Well, and you have a setup. You got a 4K TV and, like, the huge... I like, played it on 4K. Yeah. yeah. And is you notice... big enough for it? 
Oh yeah, I made sure. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's massive. It's yeah. it's disgustingly big. It's a little ostentatious, but um, no, <laughs> it's, it looks it looks pretty amazing, right? I got oh, a chance to see. Yeah, visually, I, it, it's amazing. I just loved running around hunting wolves and deer. That you know, and then when they start telling me divine people wanted to find the elixir of life, I was bored. This could be our future. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Trump's America. This could be what we have. I'm getting the skills uh, necessary to survive. Okay, yeah. groan. And with that groan, let's do our classic classic feature. What's new, Pussycat? The uh, the segment where we look at the games that are coming out Sunday to Sunday. So those games are from the 27th to December 4th. Into December, folks. Kind of terrifying. Uh, we had someone on our YouTube page, Liam uh, highlighted this out to me, that uh, is not a fan of this feature. Liam? Really hates the song. I mean, like... Didn't give the feature a chance, but apparently just shut the show right off. Yeah, apparently if you're so if you're listening to this, whether you're a Toronto Man fifty five that sent us some hate mail the other day, or someone watching this on YouTube, give us a chance. Don't let Tom Jones ruin your video game experience. Okay. The biggest game coming out in the next seven days. Final Fantasy XV. We've talked about it at length. You play as Noctis. You're the heir to the kingdom of some weird Japanese thing. You got to retake your homeland, get some magic crystals. And along the way, you go camping with your friends in a souped-up Audi. So really, really fun. Fighting monsters. Can't wait. Xbox One, PS4, and that is, of course, on the Tuesday. Is it true that there's a beast in that game that takes three days to kill? That sounds amazing. That was on Conan. I can't yeah. believe it. You'll have to find out when the game comes out. <laughs> oh, we, but that's the, the, the what's going to determine my purchase. <laughs> yes, yay or nay. I don't want to spend three days fighting oh, a monster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is this, EverQuest? So apparently, oh, I swear. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Good. That's, that's one person. One uh, so, yeah, I, I think that is true. I've heard it read in different mm. places, so we'll have to see. Speaking of things that are true, Anton. Yes. Please take it away. Okay. Well, on <laughs> November 29th, look forward to the Crew expansion called Calling All Units. If you haven't played the Crew before, it's an open-world criminal racing game. But instead, the script has been reversed, and you are now playing as the cops, where you can drive around and arrest people. Can you break laws? Yes, you can, because you are Some a vigilante cop. cops. Sleeping dogs. <laughs> we we're gonna have to cut his mic. Like we're gonna have to cut his mic. So you're you're a big fan of the the crew though. You've actually enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a pretty good game. You could soup up your car. You get to drive around. I guess most of the states drive through yeah. like a lot of the main cities like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, stuff mm. like that. Would that bring seamlessly you back to too? Yeah. yeah, seamlessly. It's really cool. Thanks, Liam. I like uh, it. Would you come back to the game though with this? So are you thinking of picking it up? Because the co that's a pretty big change. It's not like another expansion where we have a new state. You know, you can go to Oregon or something. No, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is a different way to play the game. That sounds kind of interesting. Well, it kind of reminds me of like Need for Speed Rivals because you mm. had the opportunity to actually be the cop itself, and that was a fun, I guess, component of the game. So if they do it properly, yeah. Totally, I would go back to the crew. There we go, guys. Check it out. Next up, Mr. Fanny. Oh, I'm really excited for this. I wasn't going to get VR, but then Star Trek, the bridge happened, and it's the Star Trek <laughs> VR experience. Yeah, Star Trek Bridge, bridge crew, crew, Yeah, I think it's called. I would just like the bridge. That's all I needed. <laughs> uh, but it's basically co-op VR. You play as a Star Trek crew under mm -hmm. the ship, new ship in the um, in, um, Federation. In, in the Federation called the Aegis, which is very, very aptly just. named. Very Aegis, good. how you pronounce that word. Oh, 
Professor Fanny trying to tell me up. It's not Aegis? Mm, it's Aegis, yeah. Okay. Which we'll is an app name because it means shield or under protection. And your goal is to find Vulcans a new home in uncharted region of space that's dominated by the Klingons. So conflict will ensue. I'm really excited. It's cool because we've all played um, some virtual reality, had a chance to do big thanks to the people at um, Sony that sent it over uh, a couple months ago. The coolest thing that we thought was how amazing it would be if you could just look around and actually interact with another person. So this is kind of like, it reminds me almost like an escape room a little bit. You oh, all have yeah, to work yeah, together, yeah. except you're these uh, digital characters. I think it would just be fun to see how badly you could screw things up with your team. Like if you are the captain and you're indicating to other people to like to do certain we'll all things, have to be on the bridge and see what happens. Yeah, to be on yeah. the bridge and just say everyone leave. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be bones, just upset with everything. There we go. There we go. So we got uh, Fanny's bones, and speaking of someone I need to pick a bone with, Liam Brand. Yeah, that's me. We're gonna be uh, talking about steep here. I think this is like the big release of the week, right? Like that's what everybody's looking. No one cares. To. <sighs> No, it's really fun. We, we played it at X15 or yeah, X16. I, I, I it was it two minutes. It was, it was tons of fun. It, yeah. It's huge. Uh, you can uh, ride the, the mountains of the Alps and uh, up in Alaska. Uh, and it's got like a cool range of uh, things you can do, like between snowboarding, skiing, paragliding, wingsuiting, flying around in that. Wingsuiting? Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It seems pretty cool. I had a, I had a fun time with my uh, my brief moment with it mm -hmm. but it, it controls really well uh you're not doing like you know ssx level stuff where mm. you're taking your snowboard off and like spinning around your head in the air but like what there's not a lot of trails too? or anything like that either like uh, it, in terms of like um visual trails oh, like when you yeah. grab it by the side and explosions happen you know no, your board no. or anything it's no it, it's very much like um as extreme and as realistic as it can possibly mm. be on both ends, you know? And that's what I always wanted, something extreme and realistic on both ends. Okay, yep. we got to take a, uh, a very quick break. We're going to be up right after this. Just going to take a short, short break and to speak more about uh, this holiday season, the different things you can spend your money on here on BGS. Salute. This is Ezio Auditore da Firenze. You're listening to VGS on AM640. Insieme per la vittoria. It's a journey that never ends. Together, we can achieve anything. This is VGS. <laughs> I like that one, Rich. That is a nice intro. Uh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Again, you didn't screw it up or anything. It's very surprising. I, mm. So this is our video <laughs> game show. We talk all about uh, latest and greatest, and it is... The hol oh, good one, Liam. It is the uh, holiday season for us. We don't get to take any time off, unfortunately. But we do get to take advantage of those deals, whether mm -hmm. it's locally at any of the fine retail establishments where we get all of our fancy games or via the interwebs. Pretty much if you have money and an internet connection, you can get anything you want. But is that necessarily the greatest thing in the world of gaming? We're going to talk about it. This week in gaming. Alrighty then. So it is the Thanksgiving weekend celebration. And uh, during this time, traditionally after Black Friday to Cyber Monday, a lot of games are on sale for dirt, dirt cheap. So let's take an establishment like EB Games. Right now, some of the big ones. Mafia 3, Titanfall 2, the new Skyrim uh, adaptation, or whatever it is, revamp, Gears of War 4, are all about $20, $30, maybe even $40 cheaper 
Liam, I know there was a, a deal you can get. Uh, you were talking about before. You might take advantage of the PlayStation, right? You can yeah. you can trade it in. I, I think Anton knows a little bit more about that, right? The uh, the game uh, GameStop PS4 trade in. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's at about like two hundred dollars for a trade in, and you, if you put it toward a PlayStation 4 Pro, and it normally trades in for like I think like one fifty. So that's not bad. It's, it's You're gonna do that. You're gonna get a PS4 I was, Pro. I was thinking about it. See, I don't even have a 4K TV, but I was just really impressed by the graphics. Budget. Up, uh, I know. Liam's an idiot. Everything. I don't know. It looks cool. I'm calling the education minister. So, um, there's one big game though that when we were looking through the list of you know all the different great deals you can get, that had a little consternation here. Some people got a little PO'd. The Destiny Collection, ladies Ugh. and gentlemen, you get everything <laughs> that was. Someone didn't die. Uh, Destiny Collection, <laughs> everything plus four of the expansions. A product that if you ca- bought everything day one would probably be $100, $200 is now for what simple easy price, Anton? $44. <laughs> Beautiful. The voice of sadness. Uh, so why does that upset you, Anton Mac? So just personally as a day one Destiny player, it, it just kind of stings that I've put in all this money and all this time and some, some I guess, fresh player, some noob can literally walk to their local EB Games or Best Buy and grab it and have the exact same content that, you know, I put in my time, love, and money into. Kinda okay, sucks. so on its face, that seems like a very silly thing to care about. I feel about. like that's a good life lesson. Yeah, well, it's. No but don't try and just wait. <laughs> Put in your money and effort and watch it all sink away. It, okay, so Professor Fanny. Well, the the thing is, uh, sorry, I'm not Professor Fanny. Uh, uh, the Richard thing is, wishes. I, yeah, a little bit. I have a job. Uh, but the thing about Destiny is, I got the collector's edition. I bought it day one. I spent the 80, 90 American dollars in order to get the steelbook case and all the stuff that came with it, along with the expansions. So, like, I, I beat it. I did what I could. I did the expansions. I didn't go so far as to do the next two things. But, I mean, I played it day one and I didn't feel really, I'm not feeling burned about it like you are. Yeah, but when when did you stop playing the game? How it was many... after uh, the second expansion. Exactly. So the third, there was the third expansion and the fourth expansion. So you missed out on a lot of content. But the game is marketed to be somewhat of a first-person shooter in between, uh, first-person shooter and MMO. And with mm-hmm. MMOs, it's a long-term game where you really invest a lot of time into building up your character and all of that business. It just that sucks business. that with other games like World of Warcraft and stuff like that, they may have like small, you know, I guess price drops. But at the same time, they don't see such big drops like a console game like Destiny. Well, they also, when you look at World of Warcraft really take care of those day one players yeah like if you deal with someone who bought world of warcraft i get over 10 years ago now that started playing it they now have 15 different sorts of mounts they have all these different shades all these different titles and for a world like this in an mmo that stuff's important from what you're saying as a day one player that spent hundreds of dollars that supported bungie when players like me like players like zach kind of fell off right away we had fun for a little while. Uh, there, you're not really, you know, you are getting the same amount of recognition, I guess, as someone that's coming in and just chipping in 40 bucks. Exactly. Um, it's one of those things where I found with the community itself, Destiny players tend to be extremely loyal to the brand. They love Destiny and they treat it like a World of Warcraft or a Final Fantasy 14, where it is this full encompassing world that yeah. you've really invested into. And 
as a day one player, all I really have to show for it is a shader, which changes your color and a bike. You got that at least, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> your character shader? Like, could you be a different race? No, you just... Damn it. Your, I guess your armor color turns to black. Well, that, I guess I open that up to you guys just quickly because we do have to uh, take a break after this. If you're listening right now and you're a big fan of the day one purchases, you love the communities of games, how do you guys feel about uh, these packages that seem to offer everything a year later and they don't really force you to do all that great hard work to build up your character kind of a, right. a pay for play send us uh, a message facebook of course a video game sophistry or vgs at 640 tron.com uh professor fanny you started speaking as i was speaking. Oh, I, th I didn't realize that you were uh, ending it i was gonna no no we're still oh, going oh, please okay, okay. now listen i'm gonna say i i like not to you know uh throw any shade on anton but i do like shade this idea throw. yeah uh of getting games cheaper uh for example the witcher 3 you can get the game of the year edition for like 50 bucks now i spent money uh first day release i got all the dlcs and i loved it i love that i played it early but these sales will have make give incentive to me to play these other games that i kind of thought the price was initially too steep but it's a little bit different between a witcher game that when i get the game now because i didn't dive into the witcher when i buy it at this cheaper price I will be experiencing the exact same kind of story as you were. Whereas he played this uh, beforehand and built up a character in a living world with other people. Right. I think that's the big difference, that it is with other people. And when it's competitive, when it's about that's you know fair. your place in there, you got the company needs to take care of you. There's so many different options. Anton, you know, with the final word, anything you want to say to Bungie out there? Because they're definitely listening, the executives. Uh, Bungie, I still love you, but just look after your day one players. We've been here from the start, and we want to continue to see you grow. Just give me more than just a shader. Give us more than just a shader. Okay, we're going to be back right after this. Uh, make sure you tell us what you think. If you think Anton is just a whiny baby or maybe a hero for generations to come. Back after this. This is Elias Defexes, the voice of Adam Jensen. You're listening to VGS on Talk Radio, AM640. I feel like his message doesn't match the melody and beats of what's being said here. No? Just me? All right. Video Game Show, VGS, Talking Games. It is the holiday season. We get to enjoy... You can cut that down a little, Rich, please. Uh, we get to enjoy the... Always talking back. The holiday season where we get to buy games on the cheap. Yeah. So much cheaper. You would think that this means that the places we get games are doing really, really well. And there is some good news. Of course, joined by Anton, Zach, Liam, and my man, Rich. Uh, Zach, and we, we were talking beforehand, looking at some of the numbers for yeah. the video game industry. So overall, it's doing quite well. It's kind of amazing. What would you... I guess we all heard the number, right? I, I have guess. no idea. <laughs> but it's $99.6 Almost $100 billion One in, more time. In One more time. Almost $100 billion, With a B. Billion dollars in revenue in 2016, uh, which in the next few years might go up to $120 billion. Mm -hmm. So that's insane. Yeah, I I, guess, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah you're, yeah, you're not looking excited. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, uh, PC, um, uh, you know, phone, game droid type games. Yeah, mobile uh, games. Mobile, mobile games, games, that's yeah. the word. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't play them, obviously. Um, <laughs> are almost $40 billion, $37 billion, uh, up 21% so that, uh, this year. Yeah, let's just take a moment to look at that. So that is up almost a quarter, right? Yeah. A quarter percent yeah. 
of mobile games. And a lot of us here, we don't really play mobile games, no. but that has an effect. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Zach Fanny. So let's look at uh, everyone here. I think we're a, a rough swath of different types of gamers. When is the last time any of us has stepped foot into an EB Games? Uh, I, <laughs> not I, an EB Games. I went into a game, not, not a game shack. I don't well, then that's not the called. answer to the question. A year yeah, ago? Fine. A year ago. Yeah, a year no. ago from Fanny. Oh, uh, actually, like an EB Games. Um, I don't know. When did uh, Arkham Knight drop? Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. that like, was, I think, I, September oh, last yeah. year. Camped out for uh, midnight for that. Okay. I think that's the last time I actually so, bought a game at EB. Over a year? Uh, last week. Okay, Anton. Oh, I just thought it. Sorry, like it was. It was like two weeks ago, honestly. Okay, so like, there, I went in there to just sweep, and then I walked mm-hmm. out. So I went last weekend as well, just to check it in because I realized I haven't been to one in the longest time. And the beloved game retailer of my youth has changed. Yep. As soon as you walk in, there are a thousand faceplates for uh, Five Nights of Freddy Got Fingered or whatever it's called. That strange game <laughs> and uh, Pokemon different memorabilia. I have to go game. through. Just rows and rows of crap to actually get to the games. Yeah, there was a big change that happened, I'd say, a month or two ago at EB Games where they're really trying to push loot. And loot mm-hmm. kind of encompasses collectibles, like um, action figures, Funko plushies, Pops. Funko Pops, stuff of the sort. We should say full disclosure that you used to work at EB for yeah, a while. I yeah, I used to work at EB, i say, close to four years. Okay. And I quit about maybe three four months ago. Okay, so you're, you got an inside scoop on this. It turns out the fact that we haven't all been there is something that is not uncommon. In the last quarter, global sales for EB have fallen by up to 3%. The hardest hit areas are the software areas where there's a percentage drop of over 8% and the software, the actual games are how these places, you know, make their money. It's how you really show the strength of these areas. The one great thing for GameStops and EBs is that revenue growth is somewhere and it's in two different fields. In the digital sale of games, which is up 15%, and in the trade-in used game sale. And I know a few of you guys actually have either yourself or compatriots that uh, purchase a lot of used games yeah. from EB. My girlfriend uh, does it exclusively. She's so uh, tenacious with waiting and being patient mm-hmm. and waiting to trade in games. And she does it through EB, Has buys a ton of stuff from EB that way. So it turns out like there is a use for it. But all of us here, we don't really buy a lot of games from EB. Is this you know spelling the end for a game retailer that I think was pretty important. Like once EB came into the light and was just shown as a store that would just sell games, legitimate games, and wasn't just a hobbyist store, but real mainstream. I think that's important for an industry. I think that's very, very important, but now we're kind of shying away from it. Um, Liam, I know you were looking at one of perhaps the biggest uh, competitors to EB. Mm -hmm. Steam. Steam, which had an incredibly... A uh, successful year in 2015, but has taken a little bit of a dip this year. But in 2015, uh, it, it was like the peak for Steam. They had over 3,000 new games um, in the Steam library, as opposed to 2014, which it just had uh, 1,900 new games. So like a huge mm-hmm. uh, expansion there. Yeah. yeah. And um, hmm? no, I was just making fun of myself. Continue. Okay. Yeah. No, I I got you. All right. Um, and yeah, the paid Steam games market was uh, worth over 3.5 billion alone in uh, 2015, and that's like that's not too shabby for just one platform to buy games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, recently it's actually come crashing down uh, just a bit. Um, this April, the number of uh, copies sold uh, per game was 13,000 uh, compared to, uh, sorry, that was April of 2014. And compared to uh, this year, it's only 7,000. So okay, it's just so about almost, like half. Almost a half decline. So it seems like it's not just because our issue was, oh, maybe people are going on digital sales to buy games. Turns out maybe that's not the case. Maybe it is the rising tide of mobile games because you don't really buy a lot of mobile games with Steam. You don't really buy mobile games at uh, EB Games. Perhaps this is uh, an indicator of the changing market. Uh, I think it's uh, not necessarily, it's, it's I guess technically still a mobile game, but for handheld platforms like a 3DS, I just remembered I did walk in to pick up Sun, Sun and Moon when the, that came out, uh, like literally last week. So it's less so games you can get and more games that are harder and more difficult to, and annoying to download that you would go in there for. What do you mean exactly? Uh, it's really annoying to download things on the 3DS, like it takes forever. Mm -hmm. But the only reason you went in there is because to it pick would it up be, for a physical copy. It would be easier to get the physical copy. Yeah, so I, I think it's a little distressing. We were talking about it, uh, you know, off air. Big Bang Theory will always make billions of dollars, but will still have HBO. So if you're worried that mobile gaming will somehow delude some of the greater artistic content that's available on Steam or on PC in the indie market, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But maybe this is a byproduct that we haven't considered. It's just frustrating not having that community anymore. I really yeah. feel like, especially on consoles, on PS4, I can't find anybody to play with. If I want to play games, nobody I will know, play I with me. But if I wanna, <laughs> no, but like, and I know like a bunch of gamers. But if I want to play online games with them, I got to play like Overwatch or League of Legends, and that's it. Other gamers, will you play with Liam? I'll play with you, Liam. Thank I'll you. play. I don't like any of those games, so we'll definitely play together. <laughs> well, that's that's a bit of an issue because you're a young guy coming up, and people aren't playing the kind of games that um, traditionally they've played in the past. What could be just kind of final? Because we we don't want to end this off on a dreary note. What is the solution? What could we possibly say to you know make this better, or do we even have to make it better? Mobile games are here to stay, but um, do we think we need to protect and? save and patronize eb games anymore is it okay if they disappear yeah it's on oh we got professor fanny yeah no yeah yeah like i mean if the community wants to stay there it will stay there mm -hmm. like this is like, these this, it's disappearing as a result of people's choices and how they purchase games there's no you know nefarious force destroying it's a very it. neoliberal uh argument here from zach I, I, I guess but i mean like that <laughs> pro capitalist still, oh man no no Jeez. no but that that community can still happen right yeah. i do like uh, the idea of eb games coming more of a you know exchange games use games mm. type of shop like i would definitely use eb games for that purpose but new games at the place as one retail that just does that no you know kind yeah. of a thing of the past anton will let you have final word because that seems to be the pattern here <laughs> uh you used to work there would it make you shed some tears if uh eb closed their doors this time next year being fully honest not really um eb games had, is super corporate they don't do a lot of sales they're not really for the average gamer if you want your games and you want physical copies, hit up a mom and pop shop, do something like that, support like a tiny community, and then in turn you'll see better sales. Just EB Games is pushing in the wrong direction from what I see. And, you know, best of luck to them. Back after this. You're listening to VGS on Talk Radio, AM640. And that jaunty tune indicates what we'll be talking about next. It is Pokemon time, folks. Very, very excited uh, team members here. Anton Mack and Richard Jellison have spent 
countless hours playing the recent release from Pokemon, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, last week, you might remember, Nintendo brought us the Pokemon champ, and Anton actually battled him. Lost terribly. You can check that out. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't terribly. Well, you lost, and he's like in grade 11, and he mocked you. But he's the national champion. So. He is the national champion. That's incredible. It is incredible. So, Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, take me through it, Anton, since you're the biggest guy into it, and you're on my right. What's what's this game all about? What's just a quick quick pitch? Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon is the seventh generation game. So now there are a new hundred hundred Pokemon, adding up to a total of eight hundred something. It's in a new region, Insane. which is based off of Hawaii. It's all, it's called Alola, I where know. there are new versions of the first generation Pokemon, as well with like I said before, a new hundred Pokemon. There's a new Charmander. Not no. char- it's specific ones like Sandshrew has a little parka and he's an ice steel type and like Marowak is a ghost fire. Yeah, he's a ghost Instead Pokemon. Of being Stupid. Ground. Continue. It, it changes up the meta for competitive actually. It's yeah. Cool, but continue. Um, other things that are like different from the other games are the fact that there are no longer gyms. So you know, in what? past yeah, in past games you I would, can't get my badges. You'd go no. through eight gyms, right? But you'd get stones this time that represent all of the typing. So like there are get, gyms or there isn't? They're not called gyms. They're called trials. So in trials, oh. you get challenges like take a picture of this Pokemon or find go find the, find this item um, or something of the sort. And then once you complete that challenge, you face a really strong Pokemon at the very end. If you defeat him, this dude's just like, hey, here is a stone based on the typing that you just finished. Mm. And that stone will allow you to pull off these things called Z moves, which are new to this generation. It's a move you can only use once per turn. And it is super powerful. It'll do something like kill a Pokemon in one hit, anything of the sort. So it seems like a more holistic approach, I guess, to this game. That, you know, you're involved in it and uh, your successes seem a little more natural, a little more of a narrative story yeah. in this way. That's so let's, uh, Richard, what did you think, I guess, overall of the game of what you played so far? Uh, so far, I'm ooh, I'm somewhere halfway through my third island. There are mm-hmm. four islands in the game that you go through. And I'm I'm loving it so Why? far. It's just it's so different. Uh, it, like in red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, you went through town to town, just going through the town, doing the motions, beating this subsection in there, going to the gym, beating that, going to the next thing. This, like you said, it feels way more like there's a narrative with other like special Pokemon that are coming in, like this thing uh, called like Nebby or whatever. I don't remember what it is. Uh, that's I'm hoping leads into something really cool. Uh, but it's it's doing this big mounting buildup that's going to do something cool for the end game. Yeah, bouncing off of that idea of narrative, this game has a lot more cutscene, so you feel a lot more invested into the world rather than just a bunch Mm. of text being like, hey, you're a Pokemon trainer, go catch these guys. Now, it's a full-fledged story on why you moved to this island, what's going on on this island while you are, I guess, becoming the champion of this area. When I think of Pokemon games, there always seems to be one of the driving forces is the collecting element. Literally, they screamed at us, you gotta catch them all. Yeah. So, that pathology... I guess, is still at play in this game. You still have a desire to catch every single one. We talked about narrative. Did they give a more reasonable reason for why you're trying to catch them all exactly or why this is happening? Like, I just I want to contextualize this a little bit. You talked about this Nibi Pokemon, this new <laughs> special Pokemon. What are the role of the special Pokemon in this game? We don't know yet. Uh, they're mystical things from another world apparently and as far as where i am in the plot i don't know what they do yet they just Mm -hmm. kind of show up and mess stuff up yeah well in this this one 
not to give anything away, they're basically the new legendary Pokemon. So okay. in every generation, there are legendary Pokemon where there is only one you can actually catch in that, I guess, specific game. So these Pokemon that come from a different world are super special. As for oh yeah, this is the bullcrap that you need to get both games to get all the Pokemon. Yeah, kind of, basically. Yeah, yeah. How have they been able to get away with that for like thirty years? They make uh, a good formula and they stick to it, but this one breaks that formula. Yeah. So but then, how have they been able to get through it, get away <laughs> with this for thirty years? It's mostly the whole hardcore fan thing. Like for myself, I grew up with Pokemon, so they've made it, they've made it similar enough that I can pick it up. But at the same time, with this specific one, they've made it a lot more accessible for newer players to jump right in and, I guess, hop onto the whole Pokemon train, especially because since it's the 20th anniversary, you know, got to get on that Pokemon tip. Let's get on that Pokemon train. We're going to be back after this. This is Elias Defects as the voice of Takar from Far Cry Primal. You're listening to VGS Talk Radio, AM640. Back here, it's video game time on 640. Andy Burkowski, Anton, Mac, Richard, and Professor Zach here talking all about the music of video games. Mm-hmm. Specifically, one video game series, the Final Fantasy series that has spanned over 15 years, that has encompassed over a dozen, nearly two dozen games. There's several of these mamajamas out there. Yep. And Anton Mack, who is our resident freak in the Final Fantasy lore, has gotten a little list of three tracks that we believe best exemplify what is great about Final Fantasy. Three pieces of music that really touch on the beauty of this series. They're in really no particular order, but we just think these are three of the best that tell the story of Final Fantasy. Let's uh let's listen to our first one. Okay, so he's touching his heart. Uh this song. So if you don't know it, this is the promise from Final Fantasy 13. This is basically the character theme for the sister of the main character. Her name is Sarah. And throughout the story, you are on a mission to find her because she's been, I guess, crystallized and taken off somewhere. And it happens. Yeah, you know, it happens all the time. But the main character sets off on a promise to, like, on her promise to actually go save her. Mm -hmm. But this is an underlying theme throughout the whole entire 13 series. And while most people didn't like it, I thought story-wise it was pretty good. But for most people who are somewhat of a fan of the series... They'll recognize this song yeah. right off the bat. And this this has the emotional tie-in of representing your sister. Yeah. Very much in that. So that's that's excellent. Let's cut that one down. We go from there to a little bit, would you say, a popular song coming up next? Something that people know? Yeah, but mostly just because of the one word that gets said throughout the whole entire <laughs> thing. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> it's a mayhem. Yeah, it's it's chaotic, it's gross, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And it's you're not just talking about me. What is this? This is the one-winged angel from Final Fantasy VII. Um, you will hear this song during one of the most iconic battles in, I guess, all of the Final Fantasy games where you face off against the one-winged angel, Sephiroth. Um, the one thing about this song specifically is be is that it was the I guess the first time in the Final 90s Fantasy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the first time in the Final Fantasy series where they've used actual voices 
Yeah, they, they have one coming up. Hang on. It better be coming up, Rich. I lied. I'm sorry. It, oh, damn it. But it's the first time where actual voices had been used in the whole entire series. So they actually got a Latin choir to sing out much of it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so the voices are real. Unfortunately, like the background track and all of that is still synthesized yeah. and all of that. But it's, it's more than just the fact that, oh, isn't it cool they have real voices, which we can hear right now. This is the big battle. This is what people remember, probably the most popular Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And the big climactic battle. Absolutely wonderful. Now we got to go to, let's cut off Sephiroth. We don't need to listen to Sephiroth anymore. This next one for me who's a pretty big fan of Final Fantasy, is what Final Fantasy sounds like. This is what the game is. So let's give it a second. It's slow, methodical. For me, it really represents an introduction to a brand new world. It's about a change of time. Because I think for a lot of people that listen to this song, they moved from childhood to kind of adolescence and, and life. And it's very similar to what our character is going through. Yeah, this song itself played during the game's opening and it really set the tone for the series. But kind of like you said, it kind of encompasses what Final Fantasy is. Mm -hmm. It's about a journey. It's yeah. about change. It's about, in this case, kind of growing up. Final Fantasy X. Yeah. So what's this song? Yeah, our heart, we're going to start yeah. crying. You know, we, is, we don't uh, have that much more time. This is two Xanarkand. So in Final Fantasy X, and, you know, you have Titus and, sitting at the ruins of Xanarkand. Mm -hmm. And he's preparing for the pilgrimage itself in the whole story. And I don't know. It's just It, it gives me goosebumps every single mm -hmm. time I hear this song. It is really what we said, what Final Fantasy is. It's about a journey. It's about an experience. It's about growing up. And for millions of people around the world, this melody that you hear right now is what Final Fantasy is all about. Hopefully we'll get a new melody to replace that this week as Final Fantasy XV comes up. Big thank you again to Anton Mack. We're going to be back to say goodbye right after this. Thank you all so much for joining the program. It is the holiday. What have we decided? Is it a good idea to take advantage of these sales, or is it ruining everything we hold dear? Yes. Do it. I'm missing American Thanksgiving. Okay, so no one put up their hand, so no one knows who said anything. Uh, final word we're going to give to Liam as a final shout-out. Oh, um, shout-out to Skrillex. Shout-out to Skrillex, <laughs> still, folks. Still, he's out there. Uh, make sure you watch this uh, online, Video Game Sophistry on YouTube. These guys do a lot of great work and bring you the content that wasn't able to make the show. And, yeah, keep following us. Uh, our Twitter, Richard? Twitter.com slash VGS underscore 640. You got it. Uh, keep checking us out. We're going to be back next week. Enjoy Final Fantasy. We're going to be playing it. And uh, thanks again. Without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the Internet within minutes registering my disgust throughout the world.